Hi, welcome back to another hour with Crowder with me, your host Crowder. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. If you're already a subscriber, go ahead and ding the bell so that you can get all of my latest podcast interviews. Today, we have a good-ass guest, Stu Becker. How's it going? I'm just doing good. Dude, I've met you just like randomly. I just, you sold one of my friends, one of your books. Mm -hmm. What is that book? The Green Book. It's the Green Book by Gaddafi, but it's a new it's a new version by put out by the Center for Political Innovation with an intro by Caleb Maupin. So he introduces the ideas of Gaddafi and he talks about the successes that Libya had under Gaddafi and the Jamaria and when they implemented socialism. So the successes that they had and how they developed Libya to be the most prosperous country in Africa um, during the time Gaddafi was in power from 1968 to 2011 so um yeah this it's a really good version it's the newest version of this book and it's got this really good intro but then it has of course the green book the classic green book with the ideas of Gaddafi I heard that like people in um Libya hated him at first because he they they wasn't used to the idea of socialism at first they thought that he was like you know, kind of trying to rob the the country when really he was trying to liberate them from government, um, government money or government funding because he understood that when government funds you or a big part of your existence, then they control you. So he mm-hmm. was trying to get them away from that. Um, well, was that true? Well, from what I'm learning about Gaddafi, uh, I know a broader. I have a broader analysis of the whole global imperialist capitalist system. So I'm just, I'm learning about Gaddafi, um, all the little details. But from what I understand is that Gaddafi overthrew King Idris, who was a dictator backed by the Western uh, imperialist system. So he allowed the Western countries like France and the United States, Chevron, to control the oil. And this is like most third world countries around the world. They have dictators which serve the interests of the Western imperialist capitalist system to exploit the resources while the people are impoverished. This is the problem throughout Africa. This is the problem throughout mostly Latin America, Asia, except for the countries that try to break free from this. So, Which that's what he was trying to that's do. That's what he's trying to do, which that's what he did um, and what he was trying to do. So he he nationalized the oil. That means he took the oil under the public property of all the Libyan people. So, um, so, so basically the oil that was there, he was basically profiting off of it. And the country of so Libya was just profiting off of it. It was no external, um, second, like a middleman to it. Exactly. So, yeah, okay. the, the people benefit from the profits from the oil. They use the profits of the oil to invest in public, um, all kinds of public Things like healthcare, education, infrastructure. He was greening the desert to, yeah, he was greening the desert. He was electrifying the country, just developing the country. And so what happens is under capitalism, it's all about profits over people. So it's these elite people that make profits at the expense of the masses of the people. And so in the third world, this is just really, it's it's in the United States, but in the third world, it's worse. Uh, these countries just get totally exploited by the West 
uh, United States and Western Europe, the former colonial powers. So my thing is, if they know that they're exploiting, if they know that the West is exploiting their country, why do they let them? Uh, well, are you talking about Libya or just in general? Yeah, just in general, you named a couple of countries that's suffering from the exploitation of Western society. So uh -huh. my thing is, why is those leaders letting them well, exploit them? Well, it's many factors. So, uh, like Steve Biko said, the greatest uh, weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. So they use propaganda. The capitalist imperialists have their own propaganda that they push on people. They say, uh, socialism is bad, socialism is evil, and people just repeat this. Or, But also, in these countries, you have these corrupt people who are in power, and they just are looking for short-term gains. Uh, they're looking for to profit themselves rather than the people. And the people are just there to moralize. The people are working constantly, trying to survive. Uh, it's hard for the people to fight back, to organize to bring power to themselves and fight back. So, but they do, um, it, they do in many of these countries, they, cause wherever there's oppression, there's resistance. So, uh, there's places, Cuba, they, f they're fighting back. They're in, they're independent right now. They're fighting back and the United States attacks them and they, they slander them and call them, call Fidel Castro or the Cuban communist party, a, a dictatorship and Venezuela, they're fighting back. Nicolas Maduro, uh, the United Socialist Party in Venezuela, they're controlling Venezuela right now to help the people of it, help the poor of Venezuela. Uh, all over China, uh, uh, Syria, Iran, these countries are fighting back, trying to break free from Western imperialism. So, yeah, it's just a matter of time before other countries do the same thing. But the United States, whenever a country tries to break free, like like Libya, they will attack them. They'll slander them. They'll call the leadership, the, the leaders, dictators. They'll call them crazy. Uh, like, like even North, what they did with North Korea. That's what they did with Gaddafi, Cuba. right? Yeah. They killed him. They murdered him, yeah, yeah. brutally. Uh, so they just call, like, they call Fidel Castro a crazy dictator. They call uh, Gaddafi a crazy dictator. They call Kim Jong-un a crazy dictator. But these countries, these leaders are trying to help their their countries develop independently from Western imperialism and capitalism which exploits them and steals their land steals their exploits their labor exploits their resources it just keeps them enslaved and impoverished so yeah almost like a bully it's like a bully oh, hell yeah it's just the biggest through. bully in the world yeah we just go through and we just start bullying all of these little countries and you know make them ours and then and my but my question was that okay all of this is happening because of Western society trying to capitalize off of the resources of other, would you say smaller or bigger or just poor? Poorer countries. Well, the, these are mostly the countries that have been colonized throughout history. They've been colonized by the West in the past. So, so now my question is... They're victims is, of imperialism. They've been underdeveloped and oppressed and exploited by Western imperial, like the Western European countries in the United States. Yes. Yeah, so... Elite, the, elite, the elite class, not like us, but the elite class of these western countries so it's kind of a loaded question but you answered the first part of it so if rev the revolution of this happening all over the world is happening but the western society is the, in the enemy what do we do 
if we're right underneath the West, because we're the Western society, we're here in America. So now, what do we do? Because wouldn't we be the most oppressed? Well, we're not that. We're we're the working people in in the United States. So we're not the enemy, but we need to organize ourselves to fight against our oppressors. What our oppressors here are the oppressors of the whole world. This Western imperialist capital system, these elite corporations, these big banks, and things like that. Uh, the ruling class, the intelligence agencies, the, the military that the pre- protects them. So that's the enemies of the working class people here. So, because the the bosses uh, and the the bosses and the corporations here exploit the people to mm-hmm. get to make profits. So our job is to organize ourselves as workers to create a system that serves to fight back to create a system that serves the needs of all of society rather than the profits of the uh, of these elite people. So we need to organize ourselves as working class people and take these rulers out of power. Um, so, But we do that through our organization, being very strongly organized. So that makes sense. just to play devil's advocate for a little bit, Go ahead, what yeah. would you say about the people that say, um, well, when the rich is rich, then it trickles down to the poor or that capitalism is what made the country? And in a sense, it kind of did because capitalism is based off of profits from what people need so if you that curtain company okay i needed curtains so i went out and bought curtains Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily bad what makes Mm -hmm. it bad is when you upcharge the price for curtains because it's maybe the curtains is a bad one but what happened when um the toilet tissue thing when the pandemic happened Mm -hmm. a lot of those gas stations was upcharging toilet tissue mm-hmm. when a roll of it would usually be like 50 cents. I mean, I'm a truck driver, so I'm over the road sometimes mm-hmm. or going out. And those rolls of toilet tissue is usually 50 cents. Well, when that toilet tissue pandemic happened or whatever, those places were charging like 150 a roll. Mm-hmm. And that's what made capitalism bad. So I guess the the question I want to ask is, what would you say to those people that do – understand that good forms of capitalism is good but it's just a certain few that make that shit bad well under capitalism things are produced to make profits not necessarily to serve the needs of society so but is it though because if i need toilet tissue and you made toilet yeah, tissue i'm gonna so buy people it are gonna and, buy it but uh and i need it good yeah true um but like Caleb Maupin, in his, these books I talk about, he talks about uh, people in capitalism. They're hungry right because here. this book and this book right here, Getting Rich Without Capitalism, people in uh, are hungry because there's too much food. Think about that. People are hungry because there's too much food under capitalism. People are homeless because there's too much housing under capitalism. He tells a story about how uh, people who worked in the coal mine, they lost their job because there was too much coal. So then they were cold. That's an old story. So capitalism is a system uh, where these we have these elite people who exploit the labor of the working class. And we don't need them. We don't need them. They're just they're just parasites. They're bloodsuckers basically. So in capitalism, you go to work for one well, you go to work for five days a week. But in that one day a week, that's your whole salary 
for that's paid your wages for whatever two weeks or whatever or that's your salary but then the, the rest of the four days of the week that money that you produce the value that your labor produces all goes to the boss so that's the yeah. dirty secret of the cap of capitalism yeah. that we have that people don't talk about so they just they're they just exploit the labor of the workers uh to get rich so we don't we don't need the workers don't need them Marx talks about how the workers will organize and become the new ruling class of society. And uh, so you see, in China, they have a system called socialism with Chinese characteristics. And uh, people talk about, oh, well, they compare it to the United States. But you can't compare it to the United States because they came out of poverty. They went from being the poorest, one of the poorest countries in the world. They were called the sick man of Asia, where I think a third of their country was addicted to opium and things like that and they were all they were poor and now they've lifted 850 million people out of poverty with the communist party is in power in china uh, but they also they also have they also have a private sector but this private sector doesn't overtake doesn't take power of the government well they're working to they're struggling to fight that but uh but yeah they have a vast private sector but it doesn't take over the government like the United States and buy off these government officials, if that makes sense. But yeah. I don't know if I answered your question completely. But No, you answered it in a sense of when you were talking about the rulership, the, the new rulership class, is that capitalism, even though we need the products that they produce, we will make the, these products better yeah, can, under, can, under yo, a new system. We yo, don't need these parasites on top of us. We will make better stuff. We will not be held back by the greed of these bosses, these elite people in a new and more advanced society, which is socialism. So, yeah, we don't need them. Well, like like in China, okay, they have a Huawei phones, and these I know Huawei we don't have phones, contact. We can't we can't use them here. Yeah, I heard that. And these Huawei phones are much. They're better, better than, than iPhone. iPhone because yes. from what I understand is the iPhone, the planned obsolescence there, the battery doesn't last long. It's on purpose because they want to make profit so you can buy the next one. It but was a, it was a whole, um, lawsuit against that. Okay. Somebody sued them yeah. for, for, um, for basically purposely making the, the data go slower and the battery to go out. Have you ever noticed? Do you got an iPhone? I don't. Yeah, I do. Yeah, around the time they're about to get ready to make a new one or a new one coming out, you'll notice that, oh, my phone's acting up. Mm -hmm. And that's to purposely get you to buy another one because if you buy another one, you're not going to go below what you got. You're going to go above what you got. Yeah. So another example is China. They're, like in this book, they have high-speed railways. They're producing all these high-speed railways, and these don't make a profit, but they serve public good. And this is what we need to be. we need to be focusing on getting off fossil fuels to save the planet but capitalism doesn't want to get off fossil fuels because that's how they make their profits what's fossil fuels like oil coal that burns you burn burn fossil fuels and it release co2 into the atmosphere uh which is the source of global warming which is destroying the planet so do you really believe in global warming yeah i believe in global warming or, really yeah well i guess to a certain extent yeah but i also believe in the harp machine the what? Harp machine. It's um like a man-made machine to make man-made weather. Okay. Yeah, it's on the internet. 
It's um, it's real too. A lot of people get on me about, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, but it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> it's there. They they say that they made it so that they can make um places that don't produce a lot of water. They could r- make it rain there, mm-hmm. or places that don't produce a lot of sun. They can make it, you know, sunny there. But my thing is places that it's extremely cold or extremely hot. People don't live there. Mm-hmm. People don't live in deserts. People yeah. don't live in what Antarctica. I guess they do, but not the really, really cold places where you can't grow stuff. You, as a human, you just go where there's food and there's shelter and stuff. At you don't stay there and then hope that it rain or hope that it have sun. I think a lot of that is just man fucking with the weather. Yeah, I don't know. I gotta look into that uh, that that man made weather thing, but yeah, but. My girl gets on to me all the time about global warming. She's always like, it's real. And I'm like, no, it's not. We always get into a crazy (laughs) argument about it because I don't think that it's real. And a lot of people got on Candace Owens about it, too. She don't think it's real either. No, I think it's real. I mean, well. You know what? To an extent, I do think it's real. I'll say that on air. I think that it's real. Just look at the wildfires. Look at all the temperatures. They've been hotter in the recent years. The hurricanes are worse. Uh, plus, we're destroying the marine wildlife. There's all this destruction of the environment going on because of a global system of imperialism, capitalism, which is puts profits before everything. It's funny that you said the marine life because that is a very big one. Um, I forget her name, but she was talking about it. She's a um, like a hunter, but in the sea, and she naturally catches her fish with like a harpoon or some whatever like a spear type thing she doesn't do like um a fishing pole or anything like that she catches them through the spear and she noticed when she kept coming out every single year that there was less and less like she'd go to this pool of fish or where it was a sweet spot in the sea where it would always be a lot of these particular fish that she likes and boom nothing Mm -hmm. so she kept having to move around and then that's when she started doing research and figured out that the marine population of life out there is decreasing because of, like you said, these big um, fish companies getting these boats and going out and catching them by the hundreds of thousands, bringing them on their boats and coming and selling them. Mm-hmm. And they do that every single year, come out and fish for like three months at a time, c- catching hundreds and thousands of fish, bringing them up, selling them to the mm-hmm. point where they can't even produce they can't even mate fast enough and have babies fast enough mm-hmm. to replenish what we just took. Well, they just took because me and you we ain't out there fishing about a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and another source of global warming is uh, the agribusiness and producing meat, which which releases methane into the atmosphere, which is one of the big uh, greenhouse gases. Which was what I hear. So, but under uh, we, I think we just need a more rational. This is what Caleb Mobbin talks about. We need a more rational system. I cannot wait to serves, read that book, bro. Yeah, which serves the needs of the people. Like His slogan is, we need a government of action to fight for working families. Because right now we have a do-nothing government, which serves capitalism. Just like you drive all, all throughout Dallas, you, see, you run over potholes everywhere. Uh, right now... Just look at South Dallas or anywhere in Dallas. I was I'm organizing tenants and I'm looking at the wretched conditions that people live in. They have holes in the side of the wall. They live in rats, rats and roaches. Uh, 
trash piled up. There's mold inside the house. This government doesn't do anything to help these people. So that's what Gaddafi did. He built modern housing unions for people of the John Maria and socialism under Gaddafi. Uh, so uh, under socialism, we would have a government to serve the people, serve the working families, not these the profits of these elite people. So basically what capitalism to you is, because everybody sees capitalism from a different standpoint. Me, I just don't want to pay taxes anymore. That's where I met with the whole thing. I, I just, I don't. I don't well, care. I just don't want to pay taxes. I think it's unlawful to pay taxes. Actually, it is unlawful to pay taxes. Well, you see, the rich don't pay any taxes. Donald Trump doesn't pay any taxes. And Amazon doesn't pay taxes, but we pay the taxes. But then look at look at where the the tax dollars go to. It goes mostly to the military, which uh, oppresses the whole world, and the police, which oppress uh, people yeah, here, and like, black people here, and poor people It's kind of like full circle. The beginning of our conversation was because they those people that not own the military, but what the state or the government owns the military. So they send them out to do their dirty work, which is what you was talking about, going out to go oppress smaller mm -hmm. little countries that actually have resources like mm -hmm. oil and diamonds and coals and graphite or mm -hmm. whatever. And then coming back and now they're all beat up and hurt, but the elite is still like cool and kicking and they didn't have to pay anything for it because we pay for it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we pay for it. And that's yeah. why I'm against, I do think that we should have protection, but use our protection for the right reasons. Don't mm -hmm. use our military to go out and go do your dirty work. Yeah, that's use what our, it's for. Yeah, do, use our, our army to go out and at least service people, service like them for good. Like, if you see like a busted-ass country that could use some help, you know, like, give them a fair chance or something like that. Like, I'm into that, but mm -hmm. I do think that, yeah, if we need a military, I don't think we should get rid of the military at yeah. all because it's, we're human. We're always going to be trying to conquer. Our nature is just conquering. I don't know why, but, well, certain. I see a lot of people that are socialists that want everyone to just live a comfortable life. It's not that I don't want you to be rich. It's that I don't want to be poor for you to be rich. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's what Caleb Maupin talks about in this book is that's the problem. It, so it's getting rich without capitalism. But people think that socialism is about making everybody equally poor, but it's not. It's, it's about <laughs> raising the liver, living yeah. standards for all. It's about enriching the whole society. So under capitalism, people get rich by making others poor. The people, our rulers, they make they get rich by making us poor, making the people around the world poor. But so yeah, but the about the military, yeah, the U.S. military, they have a eight one thousand nine hundred or one thousand military bases worldwide, and no other country even comes close to that. Uh, if you want to read an interesting book about the military, there's a book called "War Is a Racket" by J Smedley Butler, who is he was. At the time of his death, he was the most decorated U.S. Marine in history. So he wrote that basically he fought for the, the capitalists and Wall Street, and he went to go oppress other countries and kill people in other countries and terrorize people in other countries to enrich capitalism and Wall Street. He wrote the general, the highest, the most decorated general in U.S. history at the time. Says so that mean, by so decorated, it, you mean like the one that has the most... So, um, awards, the awards most celebrated, yeah, the okay. most respected. He tells you, like, basically the U.S. is where imperialist elites are like gangsters and they operate on three continents. They just, they're trying to control the world 
for their for the economic reasons the resources uh, yeah so the resources the labor the land so that's that's a good book about about war and imperialism uh so yeah how did you get on this like how did you get into this uh-huh. type of stuff because I, I have to <laughs> and for my platform i gotta be a little curious for the people that's just gonna listen for this for audio they're not black so why would this even not saying that we're the only ones that should be worried about socialism or capitalism. Everybody should be worried about it. But yeah. you're studying people like Gaddafi. Uh-huh. And you're studying like the government, actually someone that could benefit you mostly. Uh-huh. So y- you're going against that. What 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 puts you into this realm? Well, uh what put me into this realm? So you're saying cuz w- the fact that I'm not black, basically, why well, you, you want to yeah, know you what, study, how did I get into Yeah, this. you're studying people like Gaddafi. Uh-huh. You're trying to, and I'm not saying that all yeah, white yeah, people yeah. are, nah, you know, yeah. want to benefit off the system. Yeah. But if I benefited off the system, why would I want to change it, you know? Well, before I get into how I get into this, we could talk about how this system, that's what Caleb Mobbin, he's good at talking to the, reg, like, white middle class or white working class people, because uh, black nationalists and black revolutionaries, they have a way of talking and organizing black people against the system. So I think that his he's really organizing, and he's really talking to more like white middle class and poor people, how the capitalism op- uh, oppresses them too. And that, uses them as puns. Yeah, uses them to as... A, to a certain extent. So, like, and what I say is, Malcolm X called, he said, we're political chumps. We're political chumps. Well, these white workers who serve their the Trump supporters or their, so they, they, ser- they supported Ronald Reagan or, uh, because of racism, because of these ideas of racism in their head. But they're, they're political chumps. They're going against their own interests. They say that racism, uh, that actually changed it, both the white worker and the black worker, the black people, black people are enchained by racism. That that the reason why we don't have universal health care here. I wrote a paper in college. Really, the reason why we don't have universal health care in the United States, really, if you look at it, is because of racism. Because every time we try to get government programs to serve all the people, they'll say like Ronald Reagan or the right wing they use the southern strategy and they say oh this is health care and it's welfare and it's going to benefit poor black people and you're a hard-working white person so we're gonna we're a hard-working right hard-working white person and th- this is going to take your away your taxes it's not going to benefit you so like racism it's used as a tool to divide the working class uh to serve these capitalist elites so it actually it's, well, yeah, this system, it oppresses everybody. That's what we have to understand. It exploits everybody, and everybody is getting worse because of it. Uh, so does that make sense? Yeah, you basically saying that you realize very early on that not only is this oppressing black people, which I'm not black, and, hey, I can't think like that, but it suppresses me too as, yeah. a, either, as a middle, I'm going to, um, just assume that you're a middle class white man. Yeah. So now it oppresses me also. Yeah. And they're using me as a pun to oppress black people while they oppress me while I'm oppressing black people because exactly. in my mind I think not you. Yeah. But some white people, middle yeah. class, think 
that oh the government said that i am better and that my tax dollars is going to pay for someone else's well nobody wants to pay for anybody's anything mm -hmm. and that's black and white nobody yeah. i don't want to pay for white people stuff but white people don't want to pay for black people stuff especially if you're lazy and that's what they tend to say that well, that's oh, well, a racism racist. that's racism exactly black people are lazy exactly but. so they're saying that oh well you know these people are lazy they just don't want to you know pay for their own stuff and you're gonna pay for it if you vote for this law or whatever so you realize very early on that nah it's not black people that's doing the stuff and it's not mexican people and it's not these poor white people it's you yeah it's the it's elites you. it's the elites <laughs> that are causing our problems because they they're making profits at the expense of all of us and destroying society so their their greed and the system that makes profits for them is holding back uh, is actually holding back our society keeping us yeah at a lower level we could be advancing beyond all of this and everybody could be happy too and everybody could be happy and working together they use they use divide and conquer tactics that's what the rulers use like racism is divide and conquer tactic so yeah we was just talking about that me and me and my tech we were just talking about how they divide us in every which way gender race religion mm -hmm. status yeah. they keep us they have cut us eight ways to sunday yeah, with division exactly just so that we cannot find out that's why i love having exactly. people on that that is not like me yeah i don't know anything about capitalism or socialism or Qaddafi or any of that stuff i just work and podcast and that's it uh -huh. and i love to bring people on that are not like me because that gives me a chance to know what it's really like. And most of the time, uh -huh. when you talk to somebody that's not like you, you figure out that y'all are more alike than y'all are different. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we're all, yeah, we all have so much in common. When you go to organize people, I'm an organizer too, because I don't just talk about this stuff. I, I try to organize people. Right now I'm organizing tenants to fight against bad housing conditions. I'm a teacher. So I'm involved in my teachers union and I help organize other teachers to fight against the bad conditions uh, in the school system. So anyway, but yeah, when you talk about all these people, all, all people have the same problems. And that's what we're trying to, we try to organize people and get people to talk to each other. Like in the apartment complexes, everybody like in these low income part, apartment complexes, like they're dealing with rats and roaches or roaches, or bed bugs or uh, mold or car car towing companies and just everybody's got the same problems and we need to <laughs> okay, organize and work together because the people have the power actually the people when the people organize have the power that's what it's not just about talking about these ideas but organizing people to that we get the power when we unite and we we work together and, and that's what, what capitalism doesn't want us to do exactly that's they what don't want they us don't to talk that's what they don't want they don't want me and you talking about how no, you they know, want you to be like, I hate you because you're white. And they want me to be like, I hate you because you're black. Yeah, they don't, they don't want us coming together drinking a good cup of Jack Daniels. They don't want that. They they want us to hate each other behind the scenes because they know that if, hey, I got a lot in common with Stu. Yeah. And, oh, shit, I got a lot of common with Crowder. And guess what? Both of our living situations are shitty as fuck. Yeah. Wait a minute. Who's living good? Those dudes are living good. Let's yeah. go beat them up. Yeah, together. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And well, that's what happened in the colony of Virginia in the 1600s. See, in the colony of Virginia, there were uh, African indentured servants and slaves, and then there were European indentured servants. And these people, they often lived together in the same quarters. They, they 
got together, they intermingled, you know, they had kids together and things like that. So they were to get so they saw themselves as more united. But then uh it, around seventh sixteen eighty six or around that time there was the Bacon's Rebellion and it was it was a kind of a crazy situation. Basically these the the settlers, the European indentured servants and the Africans, they wanted to expand against the native people, uh, to take more land. So Bacon was he was not a revolutionary because he was trying to take more land from the indigenous people. But the point is that the point is the real point is that the Europeans and the Africans they united to fight the plantation elite, and so that's when in the 1700s they created the slave class to be all African, and they privileged the European people and they called them white. So. This divided the working class. It's called. There's a book called The Invention of the White Race because there's no such thing as a race biologically. It's only a social construct, but really it was just created under this colonialist, imperialist, capitalist system to divide people. And so this is part of this settler colony, which so now these privileged people are called white, and now they've, they're made to feel better than the other exploit, the more exploited people who are now called black, who are Africans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, even sense. though they're in the same situation, they put a label on them to make them feel to trick their mind. Yeah, they trick their mind, even though you're in the same. That's well, like, they made they they made them the conditions for them for the Europeans a little better, and they made them like plantation overseers to feel better and things like that. Uh, so yeah, just they divide, they segment the labor force and divide people. Like for instance, I'm a teacher, and so. My teachers union, we have teachers in it, we have custodians, we have uh, lunch workers, bus drivers. So they've made the teachers feel like they're a little better than the custodians. They make, uh, But we, we try to organize all these people, but it's just, what if that makes sense, they they segment the labor force. Them, it just divides people. So, yeah. Dude, you're saying everything that – because off air, me and my tech guy, Sean, we – we had a we we always talk about stuff off air. I mean, and everything that you're hitting on is what we were talking about off air from <laughs> the division to labels, how they will label something to make a certain class of people or not even a certain class of people cuz that's even a label. We're just all humans, but they'll yeah. name one set of humans something and name one set of humans something. Mm-hmm. And we say and me and him was going over that it's not a it's not a problem that you're rich or that you're poor is that you put a label on it. Because if you didn't put a label on it, I wouldn't even know that I was poor or I wouldn't even know that I was rich. But as soon as you put a label on it, then it gives you the permission statement to act a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. Because like, if you say, um, well, it's like a psychological thing. Um, it's kind of like telling a kid they're bad. Mm-hmm. If you say that they're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, and you keep telling them that, they're going to act bad. Yeah. But if you say, hey, you're acting difficult today, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Then they don't know how to process difficult. They're just going to say, dang, this is difficult. This is me acting difficult. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they're they're not going to get in their head that they're bad or that they're good. Mm-hmm. So that's what the thing is with labeling stuff, putting stuff on, putting a label on something, is that it gives you the permission statement to act a certain type of way, even when you say you're poor. Mm-hmm. Now I can act poor. I can 
beg for stuff from the government. I can, you know, sit around and collect welfare. I can do this instead of actually getting up off of my butt and going to go get a job or whatever you may do to get money. Mm-hmm. It gives either party of whatever label you decide to be under a permission statement to act that way. Well, yeah, well, capitalism, it uh, it gets the uh, people who are oppressed to hate themselves and to blame themselves for their oppression. So it's it's a oh, black people are they're lazy, they're inferior, they're stupid, they're less intelligent. This is why that they're lower. It's not because of slavery, uh Jim Crow, segregation, this Redlining. whole system. Yeah, all that. This whole racist uh colonial uh capitalist system, it's not because of that, it's because they're lazy. It's cuz it's their fault. Uh and the, the, they're may, we're taught to hate like workers and poor people when it's the system that makes them poor because it's a system that's based on exploitation um and then we're taught to worship these to worship the capitalists and it's true yeah we, we should like it's natural we we like people who who look nice who have nice things that's the natural thing but uh so but it, i think that we're just taught to think that these people are better than us we're taught to serve them uh, and think that they're superior and that's why but really they're there mostly because of exploitation and oppression a whole system which started from slavery and the genocide of the indigenous people and exploiting poor even poor white people uh, a whole system which exploits them which enriches these people so we're taught to serve these people and think that they're better than us or think that they're think that white people are better and more superior so yeah, that's what the system does. Does that make sense? It teaches yeah. the oppressed to, to, to blame themselves. Yes, yeah, but it's not their fault. It's a system that's that oppresses and exploits them. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. You, you're right along the lines of I don't know who said this quote, but it said that um, if you enslave the mind, the body will follow. Mm-hmm. Something to that extent. Mm-hmm. So if you constantly put in oppressed people's head that you're in, you're unintelligent, you're always going to be poor, you're never going to get anywhere in life, then that's what they will think, and they will naturally start to act the way that you told them to think. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the bad kid scenario. Mm-hmm. Say you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. Naturally, they're going to be being bad. Mm-hmm. So I get where you're coming with that. Mm-hmm. And... It's just a really a lot really to unpack with that because not we was going about saying about like how white people are in the same boat or really anybody because it's not just white people that does racism. It's Mexican people too. Uh-huh. Mexican people think that they're better than black people too. Mm-hmm. And you know, now, you know, we see Mexican people getting caged up and I'm just like, okay that's one of the reasons why we all need to really rally together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about by no protests. I'm talking about real Civil War Boston Tea Party <laughs> type shit. I don't think I'm not against protests. If you feel like that's your, that's a freedom of speech. I don't ever want to take that away from anyone. But I think we pass us as a people, white, black, Mexican, Chinese, everybody. Because we have to understand that that's a label that they didn't put on us to keep us divided. So when you saying black and white and this and that, then you dividing yourself once again. So us as 
patriotic people that mm-hmm. just love each other. Yeah. We need to get together and we need to go get those guys because they're the ones who's messing up stuff for us to live in a utopia. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we need to organize. We need to organize to fight for our own interests. Uh, fight. That was so, the key word. Like, Not walk around downtown Dallas with a picket sign. So, like, I think the idea is these organizations like labor unions, unions for essential workers, union tenants unions, uh, black organizations to fight against racism, uh, just unions that serve that protect the workers, that serve the interests of the workers. We need these all over and. We'll see where it goes from there. But we could take over society. We could take over the government to make it serve the needs of the people. So just, yeah, we need to organize. We need to get together and and talk about our own interests and not the interests of these capitalists, but the interests of the workers, the working class people. But I think you said I wanted to talk about something else back to the getting people to hate themselves. Well, it's also a part of this this media the, the media is controlled yeah, that's why by I don't watch TV. The, yeah, I don't either. But the media is controlled by the corporations like the CNN, ABC, Fox News, uh, all the mainstream cable news is controlled by these corporations. So they put all these ideas in our heads and it goes back to Gaddafi. They're the ones that saying socialism doesn't work. Socialism never it's worked. Propaganda, like it's you propaganda. Like in the very first, that's how Hitler got his whole thing across. Yeah. It's propaganda. Yeah. Hitler said, if you tell a lie a thousand times, it becomes truth. But Kwame Ture said, if you tell the truth a couple of times, it'll smash a million lies. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so the, this, that they're, corporate media their capitalist media it lies to us it tells us socialism doesn't work never worked it tells us oh fidel castro's a dictator and these are authoritarian countries and they tell you half truths and things like that and i heard you talking about in the school system it, it, it earlier but it's part of the school system too uh, that they, they tell you for instance they tell you socialism has never worked but this is why i love caleb mobbing because he tells you oh actually it did work it lifted russia soviet union the socialist Russia lifted Russia from a poor agrarian backwards country into a major world power in a few years. It's lifted China from being the sick man of Asia to now it's lifted 850 million people out of poverty. It's a growing world power. Cuba, despite being blockaded and oppressed like by the United States, they have a blockade which keeps them poor. It's an economic blockade. They're not allowed to get foodstuffs, medicine, technology, and things like that. But despite that, they have the, a world-class healthcare system where they send doctors all over the world. They allow people, even like low-income people, They, I think they target black and Latino people in the United States and probably poor white people too, to go there and get fr- free uh, medical school education. They have free healthcare and free education to the highest level. They have more t- doctors per capita, more teachers per capita than any other country in the world. So it does work that when, when we work together, when we organize, how could that not work? When we work together, when I'm talking to my neighbor and we're, we're all my community is united and we're talking about serving our interests and what we need to do, how could that not work when we're putting all our genius together rather than all fighting at each other, trying to just to fight in the rat race? Uh, that's the, the, the rat race to get to just 
just the bare minimum where elites are. Yeah, capitalism. Yeah, capitalism. It divides us. It wants us all divided. That's why in your apartment complex, my apartment complex, or all these people's apartment complex, people don't talk to each other. Nobody talks to each other. It wants it that way. But like you said, we all have so much in common. We just need to work together and talk to each other and organize to work for our own interests. We need as working people, as working as working class people. Uh, we have interests that directly conflict with the bosses, with these capitalist ruling class elites, the Wall Street. So, yeah, they're just keeping their their wealth to themselves, pretty much. They don't want anyone. They basically train us, it, and it starts all the way from school, mm-hmm. first grade. They teach you how to be an employee instead of an employer. They mm-hmm. don't want to teach you economics from, you know. Um, sixth grade or ninth grade i said ninth grade teach teach you um economics in ninth grade yeah to twelfth grade they yeah. want to teach it to you the last semester of the last year <laughs> of high school what was you thinking about it in the twelfth grade the last semester yeah. nothing you think about leaving <laughs> that shit because you just got through doing a 12 year bid of mindless science math well not math math is important math reading and um english those are important you know those three you can make it in life everything else is bs and they know it and they keep us slaved to these things thinking that oh if you go out and go get a degree you go out and do this you go out and do that then you too will be successful when you know damn well that you've created this whole system for me not just black people but poor white people poor mexican people to fail Mm -hmm. so now not only do i have to go back and go work for you but now I'm in debt. Yeah. <laughs> $80,000. <laughs> so, you know, they set this up very strategically and very precise. They mm-hmm. knew what to do. And the people that make it out the system, they just end up being bigger bigger slaves because now they have a puppet. They're, now mm-hmm. they have to answer to Geppetto. They're yeah. a puppet now. Yeah. They can't go out and go spend their money. You think for one second that these um athletes and all these people in crazy positions don't want to go back and give to their community they do but what are they told they can't because they signed a contract that they didn't read they didn't hire someone to read because their manager or their team said no no no, it don't matter you you, we got a we got a lawyer for you they're gonna read it not knowing that the lawyer works for them works for the corporation so of course they're gonna read it to the best of their ability and in their interests. Mm-hmm. They're not going to say, okay, dang, this says this and this and this. Hey, this says that you can't give back to the high school or the college that you went to or the middle school or anything in your community. You got to give to only this organization, which probably the NFL or NBA or WNBA has stock in there. So it's just full circle. You give your money or fund this um organization and the money comes back to the nba and mm-hmm. those are the only organizations non-profitable yeah. organizations that you can you know give your money to mm-hmm. but it's like dang i can't go back to the hood and go fix it up yeah there's not for a minute and i don't think that those guys want to i think that they find sh- signed a shitty contract that said that they can't mm-hmm. or they're pinocchio and Geppetto is telling them, hey, if you do this, we're going to cut the strings on you. And you're going to be back in the hood. Who wants to go back to the hood? Nobody. Nobody <laughs> wants to go back from yeah. a, a $30,000 or $30 million mansion to 
a nine fifty one uh, one bedroom one bath apartment. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I think just the answer is that the regular working class, uh, oppressed people, poor people, we they just need to organize. We need to organize to fight for our own interests to fight back. We need class struggle organizations like labor unions, like tenants unions, things like that, or just people's organizations. That's what Gaddafi talks about. He wants to get to true democracy, and it's funny because they call him a dictator. He he's talking about popular people's committees to so the people, the everyday people, are the government. And in, in Marxism, people like Caleb Mopin and myself, I'm oh, a Marxist. Marxism. Well, we want the workers. We want the workers, the regular working class people, to have to uh, be the government. We want a worker state. We want they. Lenin talked about the dictatorship of the working class. So the working it's it's the working class that has the power and we suppress the capitalist class, the bosses, the exploiting class. We suppress them under the influence of the mass of the people and the working class and the oppressed in the United States like uh black people, indigenous people, uh Mexican people and things like that. So the workers have the power and the we suppress our former exploiters to uh to advance to get to yeah to advance society to to take us beyond this this society which holding which is holding us back this capitalist system which is holding us back if that makes sense yeah what is what was in a sense what carl what what was his name carl, carl marx was saying because mm-hmm. a lot of people say that they agree with a lot of what Carl was saying, uh-huh. and then it kind of took a turn left, well, and that's, that's when they was like, um, "Nah." Well, uh, yeah, that's I actually have a, my own Marxist reading group. I have a whole. Well, I call it the now. I call it we call it the Revolutionary Cadre Training School because we need Revolutionary Cadre, which is leaders, to lead the people. Uh, and organize the people. So I try to have a political education class, which I have tomorrow, uh, which I, we study a lot of Marxism and Leninism. So Marxism, there's many aspects of it. There's a lot to talk about, but he we ta- can. We're on a podcast. Talk about it. Well, because a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people. Well, go he basically off of communism and Marxism. It's about the idea that the working class, like I've been talking about, the working class should be the ruling class. Not. It's basically everything I've been saying. Okay. Working class should be the ruling class, not these capitalist bosses. Like I talked about, this is what I learned from Marxism, that capitalism is dirty secret. You go to work for one day a week, but that's, or you go to work for five days a week, but that one day a week, that's the wage, that's your wages, that's your salary, but the extra four days of the week, that goes to the bosses. Thanks. That goes to the bosses. And uh, so, oh, so, yeah, I think I got you. enough right here. Oh, okay. But the cat, yeah, that so the extra four days a week that goes to the bosses. You know what I'm saying? That's exploited, taken, stolen, expropriated by the bosses. The the labor that your value as a worker produces. That's also part of Marxism. Uh, also, that we should be materialists, which means we should look towards science. We should think scientifically. We should think about the real world. The real world is primary, not the ideas in our heads. And another aspect of it is that things are changing all the time. 
and that the, the ruling class, they tell us things never, things always stay the same. They say capitalism will always be here, but no, that's not true because before we had capitalism, we had feudalism. For feudalism, well, wait a minute, with you. Oh, God. I got a list about his heart. It's hard for me to say certain words, but what's feudal? Feudalism. Feudalism. Feudalism was in Europe, and uh, it was where these poor people lived on the land, and there were the nobles, like the kings, the queens, and things like that. And they they took basically what most of the the peasants on the land, what they produced, the the nobles took that as their own. And so it's, it's, it was like a system of it was like a, it was a system of ex- oppression for sure, but then it transformed to capitalism. But my point is that like another aspect of Marxism is that things change all the time. And this is due to the people who are fighting back uh, from oppression or fighting back, fighting oppression. They, they like they fight oppression instinctively. Human beings are constantly working to advance, just like you have this podcast that's what you I you have this podcast because you're trying to advance people, you're trying to get think about these deep ideas and things like that. How do we advance? And so that's what the history of humanity is. We're constantly working toward toward advancement. And so socialism is inherently the next. It's not only the moral thing; it's scientifically the most the best way to advance. It's it's the next step from capitalism. It's it's a it's a rational economic system it's it's not only moral but it's rational and s- capitalism is not only immoral but it's an irrational system which just doesn't work and they say socialism doesn't work but capitalism doesn't work and socialism works because uh it's when the people the masses of the people take over the control of the major banks factories and industries and we make it work for all of society so socialism is a, the next step scientifically if that makes sense yeah i think that um cap absolutes don't work i think capitalism does work when it's not absolute i think socialism works when it's not absolute i think a lot of these things that like a marxist or um the the opposite of a marxist will work if it's not absolute anytime that you have something that's absolute it absolutely doesn't work (laughs) yeah we should i mean we should definitely not we shouldn't be dogmatic and this brings me back back to caleb moppin's ideas because he talks about to advance we have to study all these great thinkers like Mm -hmm. study marxism study study uh lenin but we study Gaddafi. we'll study hugo chavez or people so in China, also, they learned from the Soviet Union because the Soviet Union, they didn't have, from what I understood, they didn't have any private industries. But China, now they have the they have the state control over the major banks, factories, and industries, but they also have private industries, too. Um, so, like, hotels will still be private. Restaurants will still be private-owned. Uh, things like that. Smaller businesses are private-owned, but the major factories the major the banks the major centers of economic power that's controlled by the state which is which is like in these in china the communist party which is the party of the workers yeah but uh so china they had a different method from the soviet union they wanted to go slow and they wanted to they have these private industries but 
if that makes sense. So, yeah, no one, all these different countries, they're they're not dogmatic. They have to serve the needs of their own country in their own way, if that makes sense. So, but yeah, I totally agree. We shouldn't be dogmatic, and we should look what's the best way for us to advance. So, if that makes sense. Advance of the people. One last question: What got you into the Green Book and getting rich without capitalism? Because oh, okay. um, that's a, yeah, that's a very good question. Go yeah. ahead, my bad. Finish. No, no, that was pretty much it. Just getting into these green books, and then to the point where you got into it, and then said, "This is good shit. I need to share it with everyone." Because yeah. I seen it on your Facebook. You you was selling them to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's a long story. Back in high school, okay, so I started because I saw, at least from my upbringing, but I I wanted basically to. I saw the problem of racial inequality, racial oppression, racism, and I really wanted to do something about that. I wanted to end that. Uh, maybe because my upbringing, also my family is very into politics, and they're always it instilled in me these ideas of justice. So for some reason, I wanted to I wanted to fight for justice. What was right, and that's what Kwame Ture says. He's another one of my idols. He says that human beings instinctively love justice. And so I instinctively love justice, and I wanted to fight for justice. So in, in high school, I started, I, what really inspired me, my first, I have a reading list here too, because all these people were getting active, and I wanted to make a reading list for people. But my first book I read was the autobiography of Malcolm X, and that really inspired me to want to learn and read, because obviously Malcolm X fought for justice. He's fighting against racism, uh, oppression, things like that. So, But he inspired me to to love learning and love reading and love love doing these things to serve the people to stop oppression so ever I just took it from there and then in college I majored in sociology which talks about these ideas of like institutionalized racism and things like that and then I also in college I came across the ideas of Marx when he talks about the the bourgeoisie the proletariat which I was about to talk about the bosses and the workers basically the bosses exploit the workers. The capitalists exploit the workers. And then I started learning about how, I just kept learning more and more and more how capitalism and racism are connected. Um, so basically I started because I wanted to end racism. I wanted to, I wanted to help end racism because I saw how messed up it is in society. But also, yeah, I'll back we were like, why does a white guy care about ending racism? I don't, well, I could say when I was in elementary school, I went to a school which is mostly black. Uh, and so maybe because I didn't, I had friends that were mostly black, I saw black people as my equal, uh, not as the other. But anyway, so all these different factors. Fast forward back to college. So I, I started connecting uh, racism and capitalism, and I learned about this uh, and how it's connected. Because, the, because capitalism started from slavery, and colonialism, yeah. and cap that's the that's the that's the starting point. They started ex they enslaved Africans. They use they justify that through racism, saying Africans are inferior. But the enslavement of Africans enriched Europe and America. But then they went the U.S. and the Western countries went to colonize the world to steal the the land, the labor, and the resources of the people of the world, like Africa, Asia, Latin America. Uh, mm. And they use racism to justify that. They say these people are savages, these people are inferior, and things like that. So it's basically in our best interest to 
help them. So, yeah, yeah, that's another thing, the white man's burden. But anyway, I like how I gotten into this. I won't. I saw the connection between racism and capitalism. I started studying Malcolm X, Malcolm X more, like his speeches, but not only that, the Black Panther Party, because I was like, okay, so naturally, I don't naturally these people they came before me and they were fighting for justice. They were fighting against racism. So I'm gonna read the ideas of these people, like Malcolm X, uh, the Black Panther Party, things like that. Stokely Carmichael, Kwame Ture, who else? George Jackson. Asada Shakur, which I have a whole reading list here. So I study these freedom fighters, and then I just came, I just learned more and more and more. And that they basically told me that it's capitalism, it's imperialism, it's colonialism, and that's what creates racism. That's what, that's what, yeah, that's what creates the racist system. Is it, it, it comes from capitalism, but it's capitalism. It oppresses all people. That's the thing. It not and only oppresses black people. It oppresses all people. So all people need to get. And to fight capitalism and imperialism, this this backwards system. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I got into it. And uh, that's what you pretty much figured out um, early on in your life, is that shit, it doesn't just oppress black people. It oppress all people. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm all people. I'm coming. I'm up next. Yeah. It's I mean, kind of like whenever. Uh, do you have siblings? Yeah. Okay, and you seen one of them get their ass whooped so bad that you was like, "Oh shit, I'm next." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. This black people real. are the ones getting their ass whooped, and <laughs> <laughs> white people are up next. So you just start kind of sweeping just because. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's poor white people too, and they go to prison too. But I'm a teacher, okay? I teach in Dallas ISD. And oh, what school? Oh. I, this is just like the school, <laughs> like the school month. I just had all teachers on today. Yeah, I teach at Brian Adams High School, Dallas ISD. But so they have a shitty basketball team. <laughs> 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 but I love them. I love Brian Adams. So, They're good. But yeah, so it's hard to teach. It's hard to teach in a in a ninety percent school that's ninety percent low income, because. Why is it hard to teach in school that's 90% low income? Because kids, they come to school and they're not prepared for school. Because when you're in poverty, you're not prepared for school. Because, like, you're, they're living in maybe poor conditions. You're living with roaches. Maybe you're living, maybe you have a single parent household because of a messed up system, not because of the faults of individuals, but, or just, or parents, they have less education. Uh, so they don't prepare their kids as much because they can't, because they're working. You know what I'm saying? So, the the kids that come from poor backgrounds they're just behind in general yeah. and then so they want to clamp down on the teachers and blame it on the teachers and they say it's the teacher's fault for oh that there's an achieve they want to solve the achievement gap um so but they say it's the teacher's fault but it's not the teacher's fault it's the system's fault it's the system of oppression of capitalism and co- imperialism which oppresses people and the racist racism which is part of that which is uh, this central part of that in the United States, it's that, that's the that's why we have these problems. That's the reason why there's the achievement gap. Uh, so, but then they want to clamp down on the teachers and, and blame it on the teachers. But then there's actually a whole thing behind this. There's this charter school movement, and they these elites, the capitalists, want to privatize public education and close public schools and say the public schools are failing these teachers are bad so now we're going to open up charter schools so now guess what they're going to do they're going to take away public education and free education for people and make it privatized and when they're privatized they're not accountable to all the people they're just accountable to the people on top 
that can pay for it. Yeah. Basically, that's what charter schools are about. That's why when LeBron opened up his school, everybody's like, yay, black-owned school. I said, no, 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 no. That's a charter school. Yeah. And that's funded, too. Yeah. (laughs) Until (laughs) you can say that, hey, this isn't under the government by any means necessary, meaning that when I go back and I teach something, I don't got to go check with the the district about what I'm teaching. I teach what I want to teach. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm part of. Um, that's why I'm really for um, Dr. Umar Johnson's um, his ideology about school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You should yeah, look yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, yeah. Oh, I've you, you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. I'm, I'm with him with that, and um, because he's going the route where you don't have to be funded by government, because when government funds you, they dictate what you have to do. That means that all of this that I tell you to teach about, teach about it. In the moment yeah. that you don't, you're out of here. Well, yeah, I think that the people need to become the government. Like I said, like it, the yeah, the if the people become the, if the people become the government, then they can dictate what is done in school and what's not done in school and all of that good yeah. stuff. But until then, we not we need because we have enough money as a go, as a community to build our own school. We just don't want to because the society and the government have made us think that it's so far-fetched for us to rally our money together, build a school, put our own um, life lessons and everything into that, and teach our own kids. And right now, we're getting a little step close to that because we're already virtually learning. Our kids is already at home 90% of the time. So if your kid is at home 90% of the time and you're home 80% of the time, then you need to be teaching your kids stuff like this. Yeah. Getting rich with that capitalism. <laughs> the Green Book, Qaddafi, the yeah. teachings of Qaddafi, and not only Qaddafi, Carmax. But I have a reading group. I have a reading list right here that and I going to the And going so. to Stu Becker's reading group yeah. to learn so. about stuff that we need to learn about to not depend on the government because what the government has did done is made us believe that everything is so far-fetched that we need them to um, be successful. We need them to survive. We need them to do everyday things like food and water and electricity. Yeah. When guys like, um, I don't want to say his name, Elon Musk, he's a fool. He's <laughs> trying to get us deeper into government um, with autonomous cars. But um, who else? Um, Nicholas Tesla. You can have energy on your own, by yourself. Free energy at that. They killed him because of that. They killed him because he figured out a way to conduct energy without paying for it. Once those guys killed him, they said, this is what we can capitalize off of. Mm -hmm. Another need that people want. You want to read a book without Mm -hmm. lighting a motherfucking fire? By this electricity, my dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that the solution is for the people to organize, uh, the working class to organize, to fight for the own, our own interests. But we need these. They need this ideology to help guide us. That's why. I, that's why I study. That's why I have this reading list and things like that. That's why I have a, a political education class. So, but we need to organize ourselves so we can get the power, not just where 
we're serving the bosses every day or we're going to work to serve the bosses but we have to organize ourselves so we can get the power like Kwame Ture says he said we can't as revolutionaries we can't solve all these problems by ourselves he said organize the people when you organize the people they'll solve the problems so when you have like so when I go and have the tenants try to organize tenants we try to get all the people together to organize but all, when all the people come together, there's so many brilliant ideas because we're all freaking smart as hell. Yeah. Uh, when we get together and we talk, we could solve all our problems. If, we're, if we have this correct ideology, we're, we're fighting for the people, not these bosses that oppress us. But, uh, so, yeah, we need to organize and we need to – that's how we get power because they say organization is the weapon of the oppressed. And so, but we need to – yeah, we need these – these regular people's organizations like they say all power to the people all that's what socialism actually is all power to all the people the people have the power and that's true democracy because they say they say Gaddafi's a dictator and Fidel Castro's a dictator and uh Kim Jong-un they're dictators but why capitalism, they don't, don't want to be part of western society yeah capitalism is a dictator your your boss is a dictator this elite capitalist class that are making profits they're dictating to us Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates they're dictating, they're ruling society with their money but socialism is when all the people have the power and we create a system which serves the needs of all the people not the profits of these elite people which like I think we established that that doesn't really serve us because like the iPhone and uh well, I said global warming and uh, the the war, which is it's really for profit. Private prisons, prisons which are for profit. This profit system it doesn't serve us. But anyway, yeah, all powers of the people. So we need to organize, and so that's why I'm also an activist, and I'm I'm a I'm a labor. I try to org I organize teachers and school workers, and I'm right now I have a I'm also an organization called Dallas Stops Evictions, and we've been organizing tenants. Um, so that's just another way to connect with the masses of people, to organize people. So I'm not just talking about this stuff. I'm doing this stuff, or I'm trying to do this stuff to uh, put this into practice, if that makes sense. I'm going to link you up with um, one of my first interviews from today for Oak Cliff. Um, I think that you two, you two, the two organizations that y'all have will be a good merge together to cool. do what you're trying to do. Yeah, so yeah, what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to – we're organizing tenants just to fight for their interests, like better, lower rent, like better housing conditions. Because we should have, like Gaddafi, he created quality public housing for all people, quality housing for all people. And he eliminated shanty towns. Why, like you drive down to these places and they live in crap conditions. That should never happen. We need a system especially that serves the, all the people. Especially in the richest country. In the they supposedly deem, the richest yeah, country. Yeah, it's supposed to be the, the richest country, but we have the worst politics and the worst home. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> but last question. Yeah. Five top books that young revolutionists should read. Well, that's kind of a – I have a reading list here. So yeah, it just, just depends there. on where you're starting. So it all depends, but and you can start in many different places. Thank you. Uh, so the first, and it also maybe it depends on what your interests are. But what started me was the autobiography of Malcolm X, and that's just that was in high school. So that started me off for my love of learning. But I have some 
But I have different topics here. I have I have topics like Black Revolution in the United States. I got Malcolm X speaks thought about if you're Malcolm X. The Huey P. Newton Reader, uh, Blood in My Eye by George Jackson, Asada, the autobiography of Asada Shakur. Uh, I have other books on here too. Stokely Speaks. This is like a black revolutionary perspective, but then you have a history and sli- like of slavery and colonialism. A really good book is The World in Africa by W.B. Du Bois. So that's the first book, The All African People's Revolutionary Party. That's the first book on the reading list. Uh, then there's Capitalism and Slavery by Eric Williams. It talks about how slavery started, or capitalism started from the enslavement of Africans. That, that, uh, it was built off the backs of the enslavement of Africans. But then, yeah, you could if you want to talk about imperialism, you want to go to that. The I like Michael Parenti, The Face of Imperialism. He talks about this. That's a, a mate, one of my favorite books. He talks about Western imperialism and how it exploits and oppresses the whole world. But the people mm-hmm. in here, we they they oppress even the people here, and they uh, that's how they get their money to fund their stuff abroad. They say the. The empire bleeds the republic to serve the empire. That's why we have these crumbling roads, the Kang infrastructure. Uh-huh, you know what I'm saying? So, toe up in yeah, but there's some. Uh, it just depends, like, it, on where you're at. I have a whole reading list here. You have Mao quotation from Mao, Zedong, uh, Lenin, imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism, Karl Marx, Communist Manifesto. But uh, I'm actually learning more right now. This is a really good book to start with. Getting Rich Without Capitalism is a really good book to start with because uh, for today, this is written in 2018. Yeah. Caleb Maupin also, he's a, he's one of my favorite commentators. He's on YouTube. He has his own YouTube channel. He's an RT journalist, and he's constantly talking on YouTube. And so he's talking about these ideas constantly. So I recommend him on YouTube to listen to. What else? Uh, if you want to learn about the history of the United States, a People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, from from this perspective that we're talking yeah. about, uh, democracy for the few by Michael Parenti, which talks about how cap like the government how it serves the elites the capitalist system. We were talking you were talking about the government how the yep. government serves the elites the capitalist system. So he talks about the whole history of that. But then there's Fidel Castro books by Fidel Castro, capitalism in crisis in defense of socialism, black shirts and reds by Michael Parenti, which is another book about socialism and how it really benefited people around the world and then there are other books in here i have there are other books in here too so i have other even news sources on here like blackagendareport.com mint press news telesaur english uh so and then i have youtube those are some of them i have youtube channels like i also like kwame ture uh he's as like of the black revolutionaries, I think he's my favorite uh, in his analysis. He has the sharpest analysis. So if you want to check out his YouTube speeches and things like that, I've been really inspired by him. I quote him on my Facebook page. So yeah, Caleb Mopin, thegrayzone.com. So this is a good reading list, uh, really good reading list. Well, it just to start off with. So yeah, if. That's what I recommend yeah. to check out. Those are a lot of great books. Um, a couple of them, I've heard of them. Two of them, I got them. I just haven't read them. Which ones? I got these when I was like 14 years old. Which ones? The black shirt and the red shirt. Really? Oh, black shirts. Oh, 
I don't, Black Shirts and Reds by Michael Parenti. Mm-hmm. But it's like in my storage. <laughs> I remember I remember that book. You need to read that book. Mm. If you have that book, you need to read that book. Yeah. And The World in Africa Well, I, I pro- by W.E. Du Bois. That's a really, you need to read that book too because it talks about colonialism in Africa and how the West exploited the resources of Africa. This is why Africa's poor. And mm-hmm. also, at the end, it says that Africa needs socialism. And so, you know, I compiled this list because when the Black Lives Matter protest popped off, I was like, man, well, like this year, it's been going on. I was like, man, I was like, I want to get out there because I want to, like, I, w- I created propaganda pieces to hand out to people or political education pieces like this because I wanted people to see that, that to take it to a more revolutionary stance, that we need to go against capitalism. It's that's all, what it's I'm capitalism. saying. Thank so you. So that's why I made this stuff. That's why I made other propaganda. Thank or you. Political education pieces. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you said it from a revolutional standpoint because I do feel like white people fighting for black rights have become a trend. It's just a trendy thing to do. But to the ones that's out there protesting for not just black people, but just really all people that's oppressed because we all are oppressed just black people see it and other races they don't see it so that's the only difference but in a sense we all oppressed yeah but go ahead and give out your social media it has been very it's, this has been a very high intellectual talk i've never really um understood what Qaddafi was doing or the influences of getting rich without capitalism because me actually from a standpoint from where I was reading I was under the influence that capitalism was a good thing for the economy mm-hmm. you know and giving out $1,200 checks to everybody is a bad thing Yeah, and I'm not saying that I was against socialism but I know from a sense that absolutes are bad in either way mm-hmm. so I'm but really glad that I had you on to clear all of that up clear up the capitalism standpoint and the socialism standpoint especially Uh from a teacher yeah you know and an activist yeah so my social media you can add me on facebook is Stu becker s-t-u-b-e-c-k-e-r and then i also have an instagram it's comrade underscore Stu. that's my instagram and if you want you can email me if you want to contact me Stu becker 89 at gmail.com so that's my info right there. And I'm also a member of several organizations as well. So if you would like to get plugged in to this this work to organize the working class people to serve our own interests to advance beyond this society or to, be, to advance to a better society which serves the needs of the people, uh, let me know too because I have a lot of ideas and I'm connected with a lot of people who are doing this and I also am organizing myself to do this. So yeah, uh, that's my info. <laughs> Boom. And <laughs> we're and actually you can follow me at Crowder underscore the with an A not an E underscore the um great um all platforms that are audio streaming, which is Spotify, Google, YouTube, um, Anchor any one of those audio streaming platforms and our Crowder. And you can also visit my Facebook page and our Crowder and 
catch up with your latest podcast interviews at, um, and please follow the people that I interview and getting linked with them if you are interested in anything that you're trying to do with any other guests that I have and where I'll show you.